Hey y'all, this is Danielle, and you have tuned in to the Signed Danny J Podcast. In this episode, you will learn about the woman behind the Signed Danny J Podcast. Who am I? This is Danielle with another episode of the Signed Danny J Podcast. So happy to finally be in 2021. Happy, happy new year to everyone. How is everyone doing out there? Um, I know I needed to take a break from um, just podcasting and everything because there were a lot of life changes that happened in my life over the last month of the new year. Over the last month of the new year, I or the last two months of 2020, I both got engaged and married in a month's time. So that was a whirlwind. Also, I took a break from grad school just for a little bit, um, learning how to rest and step back when I feel burnt out is definitely important in my life as Danielle. Um, And that's going to be a episode of another episode for another day, um, resting and pacing ourselves. So I know I need to take a step back, but that allowed me a lot more time to spend time with y'all and create content that we can interact together. Um, so today's podcast is who am I, who is Danielle? What is the, the sign Danny J podcast? What influenced the sign Danny J podcast? What, um, was a driving force? What was a motivator? behind the podcast itself. So I'm very excited to get into that. So first things first, and I know I kind of started off with an episode like this, but it wasn't as long and it wasn't as uh, elaborate as I would have liked it to be. Um, Yeah. So my name is obviously Danielle, no longer Danielle LaRoque. If I ever, ever said my last name, my last name is now Danielle Smythe, courtesy of John Smythe, my husband. I said husband, never had that before. So we're excited about that. (laughs) Um, So got married and I'm now Danielle Smythe. Um, I am 27 years old, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Yeah, went to elementary school out in Brooklyn, grew up and, you know, moved all over in Brooklyn. But uh, I would say that uh, Flatbush Uh, claimed my adolescent years so that was like mostly my formative years where I've um, picked up on different personality well that the personality that shaped me was very Brooklyn Um, then I moved to Massachusetts for college and then moved back to New York for um, grad school both times um, for my master's in Africana studies and uh, my interest was in religion and spirituality I was looking particularly at Black Lives Matter and how it is it is absent from spirituality and how juxtaposing the Black Lives Matters the Black Lives Matters movement and um, the civil rights movement. So just a little bit about myself. And then I'm going for my PhD at the same institution, Stony Brook University, um, to get my PhD in history, concentrating in the mental health of black single mothers and their relationship with the government and how that affects um, the way that they raise their children and how the children then navigate 
the society, the American society and how they view themselves. So that's a little bit about me. But um, with my research, it also affects me personally as Danielle. Growing up in Brooklyn, New York, I grew up in a single single parent household where my mother where my mother raised me for the for most of my life. Uh, my parents divorced when I was well, they separated when I was seven, going on eight, and they divorced officially when I turned nine. So a lot of the time, my mother had to glean and en- enlist support from other people um, it, outside of the not outside of the family, yeah, outside of the family, so that she can pursue her dreams in a sense to finish school to get her degree and stuff like that as a single mother and I know that it wasn't easy growing up in that household was not easy but also on this side of everything and being older and understanding trauma and wounds and denying of self a lot as a mother to give up your goals your dreams your aspirations to make sure that your children are good and your children are provided for it does play a role and affect the mental health of the mother and of the child so that it that started off on my journey of looking at how the way that my mother's new situation from being a married woman to being a divorcee a single mother holding down the fort as both mother and father, how that affected her mental health and then how that affected mine. Um, Yeah. So with that being said, looking at all of that, it bled into the way that I looked at the opposite sex. It affected the way I navigated the opposite sex. It navigated my own sexuality, my own spirituality, my own self image And how not having a father figure consistently present affected the way that I viewed myself. Um, It was it wasn't up until I got therapy, started getting therapy two years ago that I realized that having a consistent father figure in my life affected the way that I related to others around me, especially and specifically the opposite sex. Now, fast forwarding to a relationship, my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, but my boyfriend at the time, we brought our traumas to the table and we were pretty much figuring ourselves out during the relationship. We had a friendship. We had a relationship as well. It was a great relationship, but we could not deny the effects of our traumas. I couldn't deny the effects of my own traumas coming into the relationship and seeing how that affected the way that we related to one another, how we conflicted, how we communicated and how we dealt with each other. And uh, yeah, it's it's been quite the journey. So all that to say, when we finally broke up uh, in 2018 and the that two year window of us being separated, I realized how much we carry how much I carried from the way I grew up from having a strong female presence in the house and an absent or an inconsistent father figure in my life or 
the abuse of authority from a usually father figure and um, and how they took advantage of me in different ways has affected the way that I looked at love, I looked at life, even looked at God, looked at myself. And we realized that the, the, the experiences that we usually have, the experiences that we usually have affect the way that we look, view, look at and view God. We copy and paste our experiences to the way that we view God and that affects how or influences how we approach the Lord, how we pray, how we view when we ask the Lord for something, whether or not we have the confidence that he will listen, that he does answer because of the relationships, the unhealthy relationships that we hold in our lives. So during that two year window, it really helped me to to detox myself from unhealthy relationships. It helped me to break specific soul ties that I had with my family through separation to then readjust and reconfigure and reprogram my mind surrounding what a healthy relationship should look like. And what also helped was being around actual healthy community for me to know and understand what healthy community actually looked like. So during that two year window, I looked, I went to therapy. So my therapist played a huge role. The Holy Spirit worked through my therapist in men in so many ways that I cannot even name. And I'm so, I'm forever indebted to her and how the Holy Spirit used her for me to realize what an actual healthy relationship looked like, what healthy boundaries looked like. First of all, recognizing when an unhealthy relationship is present in my life for me to understand that this is unhealthy. So for example, me, my mother, like that relationship between my mother and I, um, and my, even my sister, how my mother was emotionally unavailable because of the the situation that presented itself where she had to step up as not only the mother, but the father. So she was so busy focused on providing for our needs that the emotional aspect was not present. So my sister then had to step in almost subconsciously. And I don't know if it's really conscious to her, but I know it was I didn't realize until much later that she provided the emotional support and the nurturing aspect that a mother is supposed to give to their child. And with that, it it put it made me put her in a place where she did not need to be, which was my mother and my sister. And while others may not think it's a problem, your sister is not supposed to be your mother. There is a place for that. That is why there is different. Um, there are different categories for like different names for different things because they require they require different um, skill sets. They require different. Um, they they require different things from you. And if my sister is not supposed to be my mother, that makes that makes things go out of place 
which then means that there will be a deficit in other areas. So because my mother wasn't my mother, but became my father in, in a sense, my sister had to step up as my mother. So therefore I did not have a big sister per se. She had to play both roles, which was not fair to her, but during the time, that's what the situation called for. So that's what I mean by the boundaries being set. So with therapy, I realized that my sister was not just my sister. She was my sister mother. I then had my brother was like my father in in some ways. But also he also got uh, inherited some inconsistencies from my father no fault to him or no shade to him, but just calling it for what it is. So the sooner I was able to come to grips with what actually was, the sooner I was able to then put my foot down and then start repositioning and allowing the Lord to help me reposition places in my life. So just like a little tidbit for whoever's listening to this, That just because that you come to the realization of things does not mean you have to assign it a meaning. So that realization for me that my sister was like my sister mom, then you assign it a meaning that whether or not it's supposed to be this way. In my my family, your sister is not supposed to be your mother. That is not supposed to be. And we can argue for different. And that is not to say that this, this is not argue reality. It is just truth. So this is not to deny that it does exist. And if something calls for it, so be it. But when reassessing a situation, that does not take away from the fact that you still need that nurturing presence and you still need a bigger sister to help you through things or a mentor to help you through things. Anyway, so with reassessing these things and knowing how much pain I was in that was catalyzed by the breakup that I said that was a two-year window of me finding myself because one of the because my family was consistently changing and consistently shifting and consistently in conflict that was one thing I could always count on my relationship with and the opposite sex is usually what was like my security Um, I found security in that relationship that I was in so the Lord pretty much had to put a spear in it until I gave I until I gave it its proper place so In order for me to serve God the way I'm supposed to, everything is supposed to be in its proper space and its proper place. And if my boyfriend is my God, I cannot give God his proper place on the throne of my heart if my boyfriend is my God. So during that time, I had to dethrone a lot of things, um, dethrone a lot of idols that did not deserve that space. Um, I had to detox myself from the relationship, from the unhealthy aspects of the relationship, and then reinstate healthy uh, habits by delving into community. And that's where my church on Long Island came in. And they, by delving into community, I was able to really have a group of sisters that showed me what it meant to be family and you know, while I was, while my relationship with my older sister now is under reconstruction and I know God is in it, God will do what he needs to do in due time. I am trusting God with that relationship. I also needed sisters to fill in that gap that, that is open. And what I usually say, and what I like to say is what you do not have in your life, 
God makes up for in community. So if you need a mentor, if you need a mother, if you need a father, if you need a sister, if you need a brother, God makes up for in community and he puts it and he inserts it in your life at the best time. Like God's timing was perfect. One of the things um, that's important is that you need to be, I was, I had to be intentional about community if I was to be healthy. I had to um, learn to be vulnerable, which is something I am not good at. Another thing about me, I'm an Enneagram type eight for the Enneagrammers out there. Enneagrams, Enneagram type eights are not very good at being vulnerable. And if they are vulnerable, it's because they deemed you safe. And I needed a safe space to let my hair down because I'm the type of person that I'm the type of person that if I, you're in my circle, I tell you in any and everything like you could ask any of my close friends. And now my husband, like I will tell you all gory details, even the ones that you didn't ask for. I overshare a lot. That's the Lord is working on me. But you know what? I feel safe. So I share the info. Um, so I had to learn to be vulnerable. And in order to have depth in relationships, you have to be willing to get down to the nitty gritty, get down in the dirty dirt and play in that mud sometimes and just not be afraid to get dirty because that's what community is all about. When I was going to therapy and during that time of the breakup, which was that catalyst, a lot of things were happening while I broke up, but everything was happening at the same time. And I mark it during the time of the breakup because that's, again, where the Lord showed that that's what I leaned on for my security. When that pillar was shaken, it showed that it wasn't that secure. And without him, nothing is secure. Um, during that time of the breakup, I, my family dynamic was also shifting. My health was a little bit, kind of was declining in a sense. Um, I just got into grad school. It was my first semester of my first year. So I was also navigating the change all around. I moved to Long Island during that time. It was a lot happening. And it was just like, if the, the Lord knew how to deal with me, that if there was to be a change at any point, it had to be then. So everything happened at the same time. And it was just like, golly, I need a therapist. <laughs> so uh, during that time, when I realized how much therapy helped me, it then dawned on me after a therapy session, like how much I was improving the realizations that I came to the the things that the Holy Spirit used as revelations within myself, realizing that there were a lot of unhealthy things in my life. And he was using therapy as a tool to bring to the fore things that needed to change and also things that I need to conscientiously submit to him and say, Lord, this is not healthy. And I'm sorry that I've taken the reins in this area. And I really want you to be the Lord of my life in this area in order for me to submit, in order for me to know what to submit to him, therapy was used as a tool for me to submit that. I realize that I'm a control freak a lot of the time and I'm a recovering control freak. That don't mean it's easy. I'm learning now that I'm married, that I still control a lot of things and God bless my husband who was graced to deal with me. But there's a lot of things that I'm learning. And if it wasn't for therapy and the Holy Spirit, I don't know 
I cannot say that I would have improved as much as I have. And I realize that I have and the growth that I've made, I've made growth in huge strides because of it. And it wasn't during that time, it wasn't up until therapy when I realized how much pain I was in that there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians, especially that go around with a huge gaping wound, just ministering to people wounded, leading people wounded, pastoring people wounded, mentoring people wounded, prophesying to people wounded, starting churches wounded, they just doing everything wounded, fathering wounded, mothering wounded, sistering, brothering wounded. They don't know that there are a lot of things that are bleeding into their relationships and they insist on thinking that their trauma and their pain is in the past. And brothers and sisters, audiences, whoever's listening, you'll, until your traumas are dealt with, they will always bleed into your relationships. I don't care how small the, bl- the blood is, it's bleeding in there. And until you deal with it, it will be the lens by which you see everything. For example, being the vulnerable person that I've uh, learning to be vulnerable, um, before that I had huge trust issues. So um, as a byproduct of the trust issues, I would be vulnerable to a limit. So I would give information, but I will hold a little bit of information for myself so as to not be fully when how do I put this all right put it this way say um say I have a best friend and um we have there's a secret that I wanted to say something I was ashamed of and I don't know like I stole money from the church or whatever um that's an example that's not real guys um so say I stole money from the church and there was a reasoning behind it and there was a fear that fueled this eventual action I would tell them the action without telling them the the deep dark secret of what fueled it and then in keeping that information I keep it to myself and so as to not be misunderstood whereas I was actually acting out of that fear of being misunderstood so when it comes time to conflict it is a comfort for myself to be like at least they didn't understand me anyway you don't really understand me so therefore you don't have the the tools to really guide me or to give me accountability so it was a it was a way of evading accountability so that's one way that I would um, not be fully fully vulnerable. So within community and within therapy and everything else, it taught me to be more healthy. And yeah, so this is what really Signed Danny J is, the Signed Danny J podcast is about. It's about really showing you and sharing with you the lessons that I've learned and I'm continuing to learn as I am getting my mental health in check and checking my heart and allowing the Lord to check my heart so that I can be not only a Christian on paper, but living out the theology and living out the truth, which is that Jesus is my Lord and Jesus does heal. And he is interested in healing 
and being involved in my daily living just as much as my spirituality. Yeah. So this is what the Sign Danny J podcast is about. It is about all that I've learned and all that I've gleaned from all the lessons that I've learned in therapy and just doing life and community with one another within the body of Christ. And the more you listen, the more you get to know me. I There is no way to There is really no way to know all about Danielle unless it is through conversation. And that's how I best um, share about me. Um, Yeah. So follow me on Instagram at signed Danny J. Follow the signed Danny J podcast at the SDJ podcast. And if you ever get a chance, go to my website, signeddannyj.com and to see my blog, my poems, and uh, sign into the newsletter. Sign up for my newsletter. Anyway, happy new year, y'all. Love y'all. And until next time, peace.